God bless everyone. I thought I had uh, my phone on charge coming here and I realised it wasn't charging so I've had to write, write the scriptures down that I've got that was off my phone onto my, um, into my pen. So don't think that I've been getting my message ready whilst I'm sitting here. Hello. Good to see a full church tonight. Thank the Lord. I want to talk, and I believe at this time, why I, why I feel led to be this way. We've had a number of things, a number of experiences that's happened to me uh, personally. And I want to talk about spiritual warfare. I want to speak about how the enemy attacks. I want to speak to us as a sleeping church and not awakened. I tell you why I want to speak to us about being awake because we seem to be going down a road where we think it's all in a physical, where everything that we have, say and do is physical because we can see it, because we can taste it, because we can feel it. That means it's real. But the Bible says that God is spirit. God is spirit. And his worshippers must worship him in spirit. That, that is it. We cannot worship God just in the physical, but it has to be something spiritual as well. Let's wait for the brothers and sisters to get a seat. If I've got a prayer tonight, it would be... The prayer of Elisha. Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 16. He prayed that his servant's eyes would be opened to the things that's going on around. And when his eyes was opened, what did he see? He see that those that was with him was far greater than those that was against them. And we need our eyes open because we live not just in a physical world, but a spiritual one too. Would you agree with that? Can I, look, before we go any further, what does born again mean? What does it even mean? Flesh gives birth to flesh, but what, what's the next verse for that? Spirit gives birth to spirit. So we're not just all fleshly beings here. We're not just all touchable. All of us have a spirit. All those that claim to be born again means that the spirit of God is now alive and well in you. That's what that means. We can't just go around thinking it's all physical. There is a spiritual side to our Christianity as well as there is a physical, yes. But let's just pray and let's ask the Lord to open our eyes and give us insight. Heavenly Father, I do ask this night, my Lord, because I'm not man enough to bring this, my Lord. Oh Lord God, I'm not, I haven't got nothing in me, my God, that wants to, to deliver this message, my God. Lord, it's all from you, my Lord. It's how you've led us, my Lord. It's how you've led me in this, my Lord God. And I pray, my God, that I would make, my God, a church awake and alive, my Lord, to, to understand, my God, the attacks of the enemy. Or to understand what's happening. To understand that the mind is a battlefield and we are losing ground. And, my Lord, I pray that this night we would start taking ground, my Lord, God. In Jesus' name I pray.
We have to understand that it's not just physical, but there's a spiritual world as well. I'm going to run through some of this very quickly. Job, was it just a physical attack or was it spiritual as well? It was Satan was in the presence of God and God said, have you considered my servant Job? Satan and God, we both know are spiritual. God is spirit, we both know that that's there. So Satan is a spiritual being but can have an effect on the physical. That's true, isn't it? It might start, and for you, when you have a spiritual attack or something spiritual, you don't feel well, you feel a bit down, you feel depressed, it brings it out in the physical. Do you understand that? There is a spiritual side, there is a physical side, but both affect the other. We are told that, at the end of this message, but we are told that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness. That, that's spiritual, that's not physical. The Pharisees and the Sadducees. What was up with the two of them? Why did they miss Jesus? Well, the Pharisees was very worldly. Very, very worldly. That they liked their, their robes. They liked the way they wore. They even earned their money. You had to be a wealthy fellow to be a Pharisee or uh, to be a high-up Pharisee. They loved money. They loved their work. Why did they miss Christ? Because they loved what they had. Why would Christ say it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter in? Because they wouldn't believe because they had such a, a nice life on earth at this, time, at this point. So there were some that did, but the Pharisees was this kind of worldly people. And then you see the Sadducees who didn't believe in nothing, didn't believe in the resurrection, didn't believe, they wouldn't believe in miracles. They didn't, that's why when we've gone through the book of Acts and you see how many times they questioned them about the man who, got right, who was made well at the gate beautiful. Question after question after question. This ain't true, this ain't real. They didn't believe in the spiritual. And we've become Christians on these double scales. There's rather really worldly ones or people that don't believe in nothing. But we claim, yeah, we accept Jesus Christ. We have to understand that that's a trick of Satan. It was Satan's trick so that when Jesus did turn up, the people didn't recognise him. And we have to understand tonight that there is an enemy that we really do have an adversary. Someone who is against us. He doesn't want any of us to be saved. But if you're not effective, he's alright with you being saved. If you've got a kind of a Pharisee or Sadducee Christianity, that's, that's fine. We have people, me and Joseph talk about this. You see, the thing of it is, the minute that I step out, I get attacked. So you know what? I don't really want to step out no more. Hands up who said that. Hands up who's felt that. Where's that from? Oh, I can't put that in there. The minute that you try to do things right is the minute that the enemy turns up the pressure. The minute. The Bible says, let me find my scripture. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom to devour. We've heard that said, and I've preached this myself, and you see a lion stalk its prey, and it's all silent, and it crawls up, and then it pounces, it goes to the weak one. I've preached that this way. 
That's not what the scripture says. The scripture says your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. No animal has ever been killed by the roar of a lion. By the mouth of a lion, plenty have been killed. The lion roars and he sees who runs. When he sees who's weak, that's the one he goes for. That's what this verse is saying. The lion's roaring. And we live in fear. fear. Do you know there's more people, more Christians today, that are in fear of the devil than they are of God. More Christians today are frightened of the devil than they are of God. Oh, I don't want to ever see anything like that. Oh, that's too bloody. I couldn't, didn't want to ever see that. For why? Jesus sent the 70 out, or the 72, whatever translation you got. He sent them out. And they come back rejoicing that the spirits was commanded. They could command evil spirits to come out of people. They rejoiced that. Rejoiced in it. Jesus replied to them, Do not rejoice that evil spirits, you can command evil spirits, but rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. We don't rejoice that the evil spirits have to flee. We rejoice because we've been set free. But Jesus Christ, we shouldn't be afraid of anything like that. We should be more afraid of God. Not afraid of the devil. And it's nice to know that God won't let you go beyond what you can bear. I don't believe that a Christian can be demon-possessed. Don't believe it. How can the Spirit of God dwell where the, the enemy is? Don't believe that at all. I don't believe that a Christian can be demon-possessed. However, I know that Peter, who was a follower of Christ and he was a disciple, that when Jesus would say, who do people say I am? And Peter would say, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus would say back to him, that hasn't been revealed to you by man, but God himself. Yeah? In Luke's account of that, more or less straight away the next verse, Jesus is going to tell them what's going to take place. Peter says to him, I won't let you know you won't do that. And then Jesus turns around and says, get thee behind me, Satan. How is it you have allowed Satan to so fill your heart? How is it that you've allowed Satan to so fill your heart? I don't believe that Peter was demon-possessed. But I believe that he gave his ear to the enemy. He gave his ear to the listening of the enemy. I don't believe Job was demon-possessed. He was just oppressed by the enemy. We see families that go through plenty of tragedies and it seems to be one after the other, after the other, after the other. We see Christians that struggle in areas time and time and time again. They fall in the same traps doing the same things over and over and over again. Maybe you're giving your ear to the enemy. Maybe that your reasoning, the way that you think, is not right. Maybe you need to surrender the way that you think unto the Lord and do the things that God tells you to do. Do you not think that there's something spiritual about do not be yoked with unbelievers? Do you think there's something spiritual? I think there's something spiritual about that. Don't be yoked with non-believers. Why? Because they pollute what, what God is trying to say. You can give your ear to somebody with the best worldly wisdom in the whole world. Do this, do this, you'll get on. 
but is that God's wisdom? You've just turned your ear to something that's, that's not of the Lord. I know that air fight is not against flesh and blood, but it is against principalities, powers and darkness. I know that. I know that because I've experienced that. I know that because um, there was a time that I was in turmoil, couldn't sleep of a night, up and down, and full of anxiety, full of worry, probably didn't need much in my life at the time, but I was more under oppression than I thought. And I even tried taking sleeping tablets. And not, not from the doctors, but out the chemists. They even tried taking them. They just made matters worse. Give, just give me a temper, that's all they did. And I can remember I was, I was under so much, I was even, even contemplating, Lord, Lord I, I can't go on, I can't keep this up, I can't do it. It was like the enemy was in me sleep. That I couldn't sleep sound because I was being robbed of my peace. That's what, that's what it was like. And then <clears throat> I knew that it was something spiritual. I knew. And I, where I'm staying on my mum's place, I know I got up at four three or four o'clock one night. Could not sleep. And I got to the point where I said, Lord, whatever this is, this has to be brought out to the light. Because tonight I've had enough. Lord, I've had enough of this. If I have to see something, bring it to me. But today, in Jesus' name, you must go. And I prayed that prayer, and I felt a presence leave. There was something left. I walked back into the trailer, and I went, I've won that battle. That battle I've beat. And I fell asleep like a baby and slept ever since. I've had that happen to me. I know... Can I share this? I know that... Joseph was going through a similar situation and a hard time. We was in the old old chart something just down the road. And he was saying the same things to me. I can't sleep overnight. My mind's not my own. It's like I'm being overtaken. And I said to him, Joseph, let me pray. Let's pray. Me and him were stood. And I can remember we packed the chairs. We stacked the chairs. And it was only me and him in the hall. The women was waiting in the motor. And we prayed. And the minute we prayed, the Lord showed me. He gave me a vision. And I see something praying against him. I see a shadow praying against him. That's what I see with my own two eyes. It was like I could see it. And as we was praying, I stopped and I said, Joseph, something's praying against you. And he grasped and he took breath and he went, and what it's saying, the words that it's saying are the thoughts that's running through my mind. The evil thoughts that are running through my mind, that's the words that's coming out of it. And I said, come on, let's pray about this. Let's bring, ask the Lord to bring this to the light. We both stood there. We both prayed. He goes home. His dogs was barking. Barking very loudly. He went outside to shush him up. The neighbour from next door says, you're wicked to them dogs. I talk to them dogs. And he went, what, love? She said, well, I'm a white witch. And I talk, I talk to these animals. Straight away, he knew. He knew the ground that was fighting. He knew what was going on. I'll share something with you that I believe the Lord was trying to reveal to me. I was working for a man who's a Christian. And he, we're talking, and many, some, some of you know this man, he has been into this church, I've invited him in. And we was, it was, it was Friday, and he was telling me a situation. He said, have you ever met this boy? He's a Christian, and he's a travelling boy. Have you ever met him? 
said, no, never met him, don't know him, don't know his wife. He was just talking to me about this subject. It was about, um, he said to me, this brother said to me, he said, it was strange, he said, we went out uh, North London somewhere. Edmonton. Edmonton, I was going to say that in a minute. But in Edmonton, he went to North London somewhere in Edmonton. He said, and this boy and girl turned up. He said, this girl, as she turned up, she walked down the front. Her husband said, go and give your life to the Lord. She got up and she walked down to the front, prayed for her, she fell over. He said, and I felt the Lord say to me, command the spirit of death to come out. He said, and I walked over and I prayed. He said, in the spirit, I prayed and I asked it and she, it come out. It manifested and it come out. And then this is what the man's telling me on Friday. On Sunday, I turn up at church. Aunt Lila and Uncle Bill had took the minibus to Paddock Wood. A boy and girl had said to him, Oh, you Christians, we're Christians, where's the church? I'm a... Aunt Lila and Uncle Bill brought them to church. Still clicked no dots. I haven't clicked no dots. It's, my mind hasn't worked this out yet. We're in the church. I've preached. After the message, I walked up to the boy and I said to him, um, God bless you, what's your name? He tells me his name. I said, um, how long have you been saved? He said, I've been saved about nine years. I said, oh yeah, how did you get saved then? He went, well, I look like getting nine years in prison. I said, Jerry, he said, so I went to church. He said, I said to my wife, I've got to go to church, got to get a bit of prayer, see if the old judge will let me off, see if this goes well for me. So he's probably from Kent, as you can understand the way I'm talking. But this is what happened. He goes to church, gets prayer. He says, as we're in the prayer, as I'm getting prayer, my wife gets up and gives her life to the Lord. He said, boy, he said, my wife used to do them tarot card readings. She used to earn money out of them. He said, I see her fall over and a load of them demony covers come out of her and frip me to death. He said, and I run to the front and give my life to the Lord. He said, we went back that night and we got <coughs> baptised. He said, never since I've been following the Lord. He said, I go to a gorgeous church, said, but I've been following the Lord. I goes back to work on Monday, talking to the man and I said, here, yeah, because this man, is, like, he was telling me about this. I said, here, yeah, I'll tell you what happened to me. I had a fellow come to church, his name was Danny. And he went, yeah, his wife was named Lorenza. He said, I told you about them on, Saturday, on Friday. I haven't got a clue. I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in coincidences. I'll tell you what I do believe in. I do believe the Lord was trying to open my eyes to something that we are blinded to. That we want to make Christianity physical when it's not, it's spiritual. You cannot worship the Lord when he said to the woman at the well... My worshippers will worship me in spirit and in truth. We can make it all fleshly about songs. We can make it all, oh, this is the best songs with the best music and the best of that. It's still spiritual. It's my heart worshipping him. And worshipping him in truth to know that he is all. It's all about him. It's all for him. It's not about how good of singers we are. It's not about that. But brothers and sisters, there is a spiritual world that we have to understand that we're involved with. Amen. The minute that you're a Christian, you decide to say, I'm not on that side anymore, I'm on this side anymore. Read Ephesians 2 for yourself. Read Ephesians 2. We once walked into the spirit of this world, the devil. We walked under him. Now we've been set free by Christ. I want to ask you one quick question. Has the enemy robbed you of your peace? If he has, you just give the ground over. 
He has no right to take peace from you. He has no right to take that at all. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Whom shall I fear? Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 18. Paul was talking to the Thessalonian church and he said many times we wanted to come to you. But Satan hindered us from coming. Paul. We all know who Paul was, don't we? Even the enemy knew who Paul was. Peter, I know. Paul, I've heard of. But who are you? Paul is this man wanted to go to a place, but Satan hindered him. We have to understand that sometimes we need to turn up in church and there is a real enemy. How many of you know that? How many of you, how many of us struggle to make meetings? Everything's cushy. Monday, Tuesday, sometimes not Wednesday. But the rest of the week when you haven't got church involved, when you're not going to be around your brothers and sisters, you're not going to... How many of you... How many of you just worked out that are spiritual? How many of us have worked out that's, that's not physical, that is spiritual? How many of us worked out that you and your wife can, or you and your husband can have an argument? <coughs> you won't say you're not going to work no more. You won't say I'm never going to eat your cookie no more. But I tell you what you will say, I'm not going to church no more. How is that physical? You've just entered into a spiritual realm and you're opening your mouth up to it. I'm not doing that. Never going to church ever again. What realm have you entered in? I think that we as Christians, we have to understand that we have an enemy, an adversary, that is roaring around us. He screams. Just like Goliath who stood on the mountaintop, shouting. All it was, was a loud mouth just shouting. All Satan has got in store for me and you is shouting. But it's whether or not we give ear to it. If you give ear to it, you become weak to it. We know that God has a plan. I know that the enemy has a plan. And some of us have our own plan. In Matthew 6 verse 9, Jesus taught us how to pray. Jesus taught us how to pray. Anybody, who knows that? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's the next bit? Come on. Thy kingdom come. That's not yours. That's his. What is the next bit? Thy will be done. Whose will's that? God's will, not yours. How many of us are still praying my will be done? Lord, do this. Lord, heal this one. Lord, get that done. Lord, do this. Lord, save that one. Lord, do this. How many of us have got a relationship with God that is my shopping list and I don't care what you think, Lord. This is what I want done and that's the end of it. That's, that's not right. Thy will be done. Lead us where? Not into temptation. But deliver us from who? How many of us pray that prayer? How many of us are actively praying the prayer not to be fallen into temptation and deliver us from the work of the enemy? I'll tell you something that I do know about prayer. There is a general prayer. 
the Lord knows when I haven't got no time, when I'm falling down a, a 500 foot well, and all I can pray is, Lord, help me. I know that the Lord is able to pray, help me. But when I've got all the time in the world, and I'm behind the steering wheel and I'm going, Lord, help me. I, I don't think that's prayer. I think that's religion. I don't think that's prayer at all. Jesus taught us to be pacific in our prayer life. Give me this day my daily bread. Lead me not into temptation. Lord, let me do your will. I'm telling us all here as Christians, we have to devote a portion of our prayer life, true prayer life, in praying against the enemy's schemes. We have to pray that prayer. How many have gone places that hasn't been the design from God? Do you know what I'll tell you something just brief? Jonah run from God, didn't he? Jonah run. He was, he was in the top of the mountain. He ran down the mountain, down the road, down to the, the arbor, down into the belly of a boat, down into the, thrown over the, belly, over the boat, down into the belly of the fish, down into the bottom of the water. When you run away from the Lord, learn that everything's downhill. There is no uphill. It's all downhill. Jonah went on a voyage that would have took six weeks, where that voyage, then people would have had to have paid for him for six weeks. He would have had to have paid for his, his, his fare to run away. He had to have paid for it. I've met Christians that say things like, it must be the Lord's will because I could afford it. That's not true. Just because you can go somewhere doesn't mean it's the Lord's will for you. Jonah could afford to run away from God. He could afford to go on that boat. He paid for it. It wasn't God's will for him to do it, was it? You need to understand that it's not because you could just pay for something. It doesn't mean to say it's the Lord's will for you to have it. Do you understand that? We have to be people of prayer. And pray and devote our prayer. Our adversary, the, our adversary prowls around like a roaring lion. When Jesus spoke to Paul at Peter at the end, he said, Satan has asked us if you like wheat. Do you think Satan ain't asked your name? If it's not Satan personally, maybe one of his, his minions have. Maybe there is a devil or an evil spirit or a principality that's called your name. And maybe you've given ear to it. Satan has asked us, if you like wheat, Jesus said, I have prayed that you might overcome. Brothers and sisters, we live in a real world with real spiritual beings that are there to attack us. That's what they're there for. I'm not... When you get chance, read Daniel 10 for yourself. Daniel 10. You'll read there, Daniel fasted really and prayed for 21 days. He fasted and prayed for 21 days. Then the, then the answer come. And it said that we've been fighting the Prince of Persia for 21 days. And it seemed like, it seems like that it was Daniel's prayer that broke through, that got through. That they, they got over it. An angel, a messenger. It says that the angel, the angel had the answer for Daniel's prayer. Daniel prayed and fasted for 21 days. 
after the 21 days that he prayed and fasted, the angel come there, give him the message, the answer to his prayer. That's what he did. And it seems to be that he, the, the angel was fighting in the air, the prince of Persia. He was overcoming. And it seemed to be that Daniel's prayer that brought him there, got him there. That's what it seems like. Read it for yourselves. We know that there is a battle. When we read Ephesians 6, it says, Finally, brothers, be strong in the, in the power and of his might, putting on the old armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the wells of the devil. I'm not here to give any praise to the enemy whatsoever. We don't worship the devil in this place, do we? We're not devil worshippers. We're Christ worshippers. That's who we are. That's what we are. But I tell you what we have done as Christians. We've like our enemies defeated. Oh, yes, ultimately, our enemy is defeated. Ultimately, I've read the end of the book. Jesus wins. We're on our way to heaven. That's the end. Whilst we're on this earth, we have a battle. We all have a battle. We all have our fight. We all have our struggle. That's why this is here. That we might be able to stand against the wells of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That is an evil spirit over an area. That's what a prince of palate is. A palate was an area. Prince of palate against powers and against rulers of darkness of this age and against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Right. As Christians, we are told this is what we are fighting against. We are fighting against this. We're going to go on to the armour, what we need to put on. But I need to tell you that your, the battle that you face isn't against one another. It's not. Never will be. Never has been. <coughs> we are told in the Bible... Uh, We're told in Ephesians 4 as well, do not let the sun go down on your anger, or, but put it right, do not give the enemy a foothold. How many of us think about that when we're upset and angry? How many of you think about that? So that hold up, as Christians then, we can give the enemy a foothold. We, we, so the enemy can have a foothold. It, it, that's what the scripture says. It's not my words. If you, if you don't believe that, you take that up with the Lord. Because that's what the enemy, that's what the Bible says. That we can give the enemy a foothold. Do you know what that means? A little wedge. A little something that he can just chip away at. If I'm upset with Joseph, I try and make all you upset with him as well. That's, that's how it works. If you've had an argument with somebody, surely you want to plead your case. Well, to tell the truth. He did it, yeah. Tell the truth, he, yeah, 100%. You try and plead your case. The Bible says that's giving the enemy a foothold. We're not to do that. Do you know if you've got somebody you're upset with, forgive them. No matter how much wrong they've done, forgive. Overlook, forgive. Because I'll tell you what bitterness is like. Tell you what bitterness is like. You drinking poison and expecting it to kill somebody else. 
Because it only affects you. You being bitter with somebody only affects you. Because it gives the devil a foothold in your life. That's exactly what the Bible says. Our battle now, when it lists this, enemies, rulers, darkness, principalities. That's what we fight against. We see on the telly, the... I want to call them the Africans, the African mob that want to see a demon behind everything. Do you understand? Somebody comes in who's unwell, that's demon possession. There's a demon behind everything. This is what they say, there's a demon behind... I'm not for that. I don't believe every sickness is a demon. I believe that there are physical illnesses. I do believe that there are some things that are physical. I don't believe that somebody's... If they're mentally going through something... I can't say there's a demon behind everything, but I do say that there can be, it's possible. We need to be discerning to know what's right and wrong. Spend time with the Lord, you'll be able to discern it. That's what the Lord's promised. Not behind everything is there a demon or an evil spirit because there is a physical as well. Just because my, I might have an heart attack or something goes on, it doesn't mean to say that that's the devil. It means that I eat too many cream cakes or, or too much food. That's what that means. There is a physical element. But also, on the flip side of that, not everything is just physical. There is a spiritual side. We can't write everything off as just spiritual. Jesus walked through a little Israel, small, bumped into demons everywhere. That's how it went. Do you think in the world that we live in, do you think there's been an increase of wickedness? Do, do, do you think there's an increase of wickedness Amen. that's going? An increase of it. How do you think that works? Do you not think that there is, there is evil, there's principalities, there's darkness, there, there's the enemy at, at the gate here? Do you not think that? Because I do, I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that we're going to bump into this. I believe that there is going to be people that maybe turn up this church and want to be set free because they're demon-possessed. What would be the shock of that? New Testament, Acts in the New Testament. Hopefully it'll happen in this New Testament church as well. So when Paul writes this out, he gives a list of the things that's there. Principalities, darkness. These things are what we are to wage war against. Why do we wage war against them? Because it does not want us to do the will of the Lord. It doesn't want that. Does not want that. Therefore, take up the old armour of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all you can to stand, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Starts off with truth. If you're living in lie, if you're lying and living a life, God won't bless that. How would God bless the lies? He doesn't bless lies, does he? We have to be people of truth. No hidden lies, no deception, truth. You want to be able to withstand the evil? Be truthful. No lies, truth. Truth. Having your waist girded up. You know something about the waist? 
In them days, the, that, that belt held all the implements. They, something they could hook their sword onto. It was truth that, that held everything together. And I want to tell you something. As Christians, we can only worship God in what? Spirit and in... That means you know the truth about God, but you bring the truth about you as well. When we come round this table, when we come round this table, it has to be done in truth. You cannot take this and be living a lie. If you've got a future plan to go out these doors and lie, don't take. But there's a better way. Repent. Tell the truth. I'm not, that's the truth, that's it. You cannot have the mind to have a con or a fiddle or a lie or a cheat and a scam. If you want the armour of God, it has to rest on truth. When it talks about righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, do you know what that is? That's his righteousness, not mine. That's his. I'm not righteous, but he makes me righteous. Having shod your feet with the preparation and the readiness of the gospel of peace. That we are able to give the gospel out at every opportunity. Above all this, the shield of faith, which will able will be, be able to extinguish all the fiery darts of who? The wicked one. Sorry, Ephesians 6. We're in. So, would it be true that the enemy is firing fiery darts? Would that be true? Amen. How would you extinguish that? With the shield of faith. That is what we're told to, to carry, the shield of faith. What does that simply mean? I don't stand about doing this all day. It means that I can stand in faith, knowing everything the enemy's got to bring, bring to me, I can stand up under faith. Amen. I know the Lord can see me through. And taking up the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation... That's God's as well. God gives that. I'm wearing the helmet of salvation. I belong to him. And that the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the sword is something that we fight against, isn't it? The sword is something that we use to fight against. The others are protection. All protect me. The shield, the, the, the breastplate of righteousness. Everything protects me. But the sword is something that I can stand and fight with. The sword that we know is the word of God. That we are able to understand the word of God. <coughs> faith, by, faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing his word. They're twofold. That shield and that sword are twofold really. It's what we fight back with. We fight back with the word of God. We won't be able to put, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We are able to stand in the time of darkness because we trust in him. The helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. People, a lot of people end there. Verse 18. Praying always. Praying always with all prayers and supplications in the spirit, being watchful to the end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me. Paul goes on to, to talk about how he should share the gospel. We, many people end it there. But you know, let me tell you something. Prayer isn't something that's just heal the sick. 
Prayer is something that we have to realise we go to war with. Prayer is something, I want to tell you, that we go to war with. Generally, as a general rule, I know there's people in here that prayed and fasted with us on Friday. But is there any people here that take days off to pray and fast? Or let me ask it a better way. When was the last time you did that? I'll tell you when the last time you really did do it. When the situation called for it. When you thought that it really needed to make the difference, you would do it. I'm telling you, as a pastor of this church, you need to do that on a weekly basis for your own walk. Have you got unsafe children in this place? When was the last time you prayed and fasted for them? Have you got unsaved husbands, unsaved wives? Pray and fast. Devote a time so that you can put a set aside to say, Lord, I'm praying and I'm fasting for the situation. Are you not in peace? Are you in turmoil? Pray and fast. Are you not sleeping right? Pray and fast. The answer is so simple. Pray and fast. If I was to say to everybody, the answer to all your, all your problems is to walk barefoot from here to, the, to London and back. I guarantee there'll be people to do that. Be willing to make a pilgrimage. Yeah, let's do it. Because it's something physical that we can do. I'm not talking about something physical. I'm talking now about something spiritual. Those that know, do. Those that don't know, don't see the need for it. Why is that? We have an enemy. We have somebody who is attacking us. We have the power to overcome. Satan wanted to sift Peter like wheat. I believe he did that. Peter stood. What was the answer? What did Jesus say? I have prayed that you might overcome. I wouldn't want nobody better praying for me if I'm going for a sticky situation. Have the Lord on my side to pray. The Lord is on all our sides. He is. There are things that we need to do as a spiritual being. We need to pray. We need to pray. A dead church and a sleeping church is one that don't pray. We could put a mission on next month. And I could say to everybody in here, who's willing to help out? Probably 90% of the hands will go up. Yeah, I'll help, brother. Yeah, I'll do this. What do you want me to do? I'll do that. I'll do that. You know, if I said I want you to take a day off, I want you to go into the room, I want you at 6 o'clock in the morning to pray and fast right round to 6 o'clock the next day. Don't come out of that room. Meet with the Lord. That's what I want you to do. There wouldn't be many that would be willing to do that. Go and lift the generator. Go, yeah, I can do that. Go and put a tent up. Yeah, I can do that. But the spiritual side, we can make 50 people physical before we can make one spiritual. Because that's the work of the Lord. We can't teach that. That has to be between you and God. When you talk about the Welsh revival, it was one woman that was crippled that couldn't get to church that prayed for revival and God answered her prayer. You don't get revival without the enemy's attack. You don't get that. How do we overcome the enemy's attack? Prayer, supplication, bring it before the Lord. When Jesus taught us how to pray, 
It was specific. Pray against this. Do this. Pray for that. Ask the Lord for this. Pacific in our prayers. You want your children saved? Start praying pacific prayers for them. Start saying the things that they're into. Lord, get, get this rid of, Lord. Take this out of their life, Lord. Don't let them fall into any addictions, Lord. Keep them in the right company, Lord. Start praying right prayers. Not just the general, Lord, save them. You know, when you get the chance, just sort your children out. There's no burden on anybody for prayer. No longing just to be in his presence. If you're in this place and you can go weeks and weeks and weeks without praying, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. I can stand here and say it's all the work of the Lord. If you're in this place and you're ineffective, I tell you why you're ineffective. You're not praying. You're happy where you're at. Many of us can come complacent and be happy with the sin that we're in. And we can come religious. I'm coming to church. I've got to go to church. I've got all my family go to church. I want to go to church. Church is about appearance. Never be that. I think we've been asleep. I think I've been asleep. I think we need to wake up. I think we need to open our eyes. The enemy's at us like with our eyes closed. Worrying about the things of the church or doing the things. I'm telling you we can accomplish more with prayer. Then without it, there are more souls to get saved with prayer than even if we go and tell a million. We have young people, young families. Do you know, when we see the church in England today, it's dying because the next generation's dying out with them. They're all old people. Old people going to church, something to do. They're all old. We have, we've been blessed. Look at the age of us. We get young church. A young church, young people. There is a work to be done with each and every one of us. God has called you not to sit in a chair, but to serve him to the best of your ability. You will never, ever, ever know what that is, unless you're a man or woman of prayer. You will never know what that is. You want God to do so much, but we put so little in. I can't express to you today that I know that we're under attack. I know that I know that we're under attack. We're giving rise to other things, foolishness, worldliness. We want to know what we can do, where we can go, what we can wear, how we can make our bodies look, the clothes that we should wear. We want to know them things. I tell you that it's answered in prayer. You ask the Lord and your relationship with God will determine that. We live in a Christianity because somebody else is doing it, we think it's alright. Somebody else is living a Christianity that they don't pray, they don't read, they don't go to church. Yet they call themselves Christians and we think, yeah, we'll be like them. We can grow old and come complacent. We've been going to church for years. And we're struggling in the same areas doing the same thing. It's time for a change. 
It's time for us as a church to wake up and change. And say, listen, I've failed in this area, but I don't have to fail no more. I can devote my time to prayer. I can devote my time to fasting. I have unsaved children that are on their way to hell. And if I don't start meeting this with the Lord, then I ain't doing all that I can do. We have to understand that the enemy is against us. And if he can make us sleep, if he can make us not open his mind, if he can do that, he's won the battle. He's won. Many of us are worried about, oh, what is this beating? What was we going to talk about? What was it going to be about? About the enemy's attack. The enemy has attacked. But I want to thank God for one thing and one thing only. We're still alive and well and we're still breathing. What's gone yesterday, let it go. What's today, what's tomorrow, we can change. We can do something about tomorrow. We can do that. I want to tell you that I can preach till I'm blue in the face about you should have a prayer life with the Lord. You can, every one of you can come to me afterwards and say, I really enjoyed that message, that was a really good message. And go out this door exactly the same way with no content of praying, no idea of praying. If you're in here tonight and you're with another, when you get home, don't put the telly on. Pray. So you know what? Let's make a difference. Let's change. If your husbands and wives here that don't pray together, that your children have never heard you pray together, you've been asleep. You've been asleep. If you think that you can be a Christian without a prayer life, I'm telling you the Bible says different. Our adversary, the devil, maybe he doesn't prowl with us. Maybe he isn't around us like a roaring lion. Maybe he doesn't need to. Maybe we're half dead anyway. 